TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. We will do our best to make this a September to remember. I know this much, at least in the local sports scene. It is a fun month with the NFL, with the Vikings getting going, Gophers football starting to ramp up, heck, before the month is over. They will have played a conference game. You think about also on campus, the Gophers volleyball team, one of the top teams in the country, although Jasmine Martin, over the weekend, transferred to Florida State, the former Hopkins star. She kicked the Gophers behind. The Gophers actually lost. They lost early on. But the Gophers volleyball team should be very good. Gophers hockey gets going. Basketball starts to sort of ramp up. Things really ramp up in October. But September is a fun month on campus. Then you think about whether it's the WNBA playoffs, the Loons making a playoff push. How about that win on Sunday night in Los Angeles against LAFC, handing LAFC its first home loss of the season. We are proud to be your home of the Loons right here. Score North, scorenorth.com. And the Wolves will get going by the time the month is over. The Wild start training camp next week. Of course, the Twins, who will they end up with in the first round of the playoffs? Will they open up against the Yankees or the Astros? That will get going that first week of October. Game 1, ALDS. Yes, I think it's just about a foregone conclusion at this point that the Twins are making the playoffs. They are winning the Central Division. So if they win the Central Division, they will open up that first Friday in October. So they should be able to set their playoff rotation, however that sets up. My personal opinion, do all you can to avoid the Houston Astros in the first round. Yes, I say bring on the Big Bad Yankees. That is the Twins' best path to success in October, if there is a path. It will be hard to get by the Yankees and or Astros, then get to the World Series, then maybe have to go through the Dodgers to win it all. But I think that is the easiest path if there is such a thing. This is Scoop Podcast episode 252. We're actually going to begin with a gentleman who just got done taking an official visit to the University of Minnesota. He's a point guard from the class of 2021. He plays out of the Phoenix, Arizona area, played in Vegas his sophomore year in high school. He'll play now at a high school in the Phoenix, Arizona area. His name is Frankie Collins. He was in town last weekend as an official visitor of Richard Patino and the Gophers. Frankie and I have a mutual friend in Pete Caffey. Pete was nice enough to facilitate this conversation. Let's get to know Frankie Collins, Gophers basketball recruiting target, class of 2021. Frankie, let's just start with your visit. Did you arrive like middle of last week, went to the football game, the win over South Dakota State? Just, I guess, Frankie, just take us through, you know, the itinerary of, of your official visit here with the Gophers. Okay, so Thursday when I landed, it was around like 4 o'clock. So after Coach um, coach came and got us, Coach Rob Dieter came and got us, me, my mom, and dad, he came and got us, took us to the campus, took us to the basketball gym. They had some little open run going on. So got to talk with the coaches, meet with all the coaches, just talk, really hang out. And then we went to the football game against South Dakota, South Dakota State, I believe, right? It was, yeah, the Jackrabbits. Yeah, that was actually a competitive game. Yeah, it was a real good game. Me, my mom, and dad were so tired, though, throughout the day because of time change and all that. Sure. So we we stayed till halftime. But there was one play where someone, I don't know the names of the football players, but he, it was before the half ended, he caught us. He caught a touchdown one-handed. 
Yeah, well, yeah, Rashad Bateman. So, yeah, so he's a wide receiver, Frankie, for the Gophers, but he was yeah. a really good basketball player. He's out of the state of Georgia. If he had wanted to, he could have played Division One basketball. That's how good of a basketball player he was. He had some opportunities, yeah, but he's crazy. such a good wide receiver. Like, the Georgia Bulldogs wanted him, yet he chose to come to the University of Minnesota. He's a guy, I'm telling you, he will play in the NFL. He's only a sophomore now, Frankie, but know yeah. that name, Rashad Bateman. That was an unbelievable catch. Yeah, and then... After that, we all went to the room, we got some food, and then we just crashed, ended the night at the rooms. And then uh, the next day, we went to breakfast with Ty Berry, all the coaches, and I don't remember where we went where we went to eat, but it was really good. We went to, uh, so yeah, it was me, my mom, dad, Ty Berry, and his parents, Rick Patino and his staff. Nice. And then, there. okay, so that was Friday. And then did you yeah. spend some one-on-one time with, with Coach Richard Patino sometime Friday afternoon? Uh, uh, Friday? Yeah, after, Friday afternoon. We had uh, – after that, we had went back to the campus, and we did some touring on the campus. We toured the dorms. Dorms are really nice, actually. Mm-hmm. They're, like, really nice. And then we toured the dorms, we toured the campus, and we went to talk to the leadership. The leadership guy? Sure. Um, let me see. Do you remember the His names? Name. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right now. Well, you pull that up, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they keep you really, really busy on these official visits. Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's not a whole lot of downtime, which I suppose is good. I mean, they want to give you every opportunity to soak in everything that is campus life, not just being a member of the basketball team, but everything that entails being a student at the University of Minnesota if you choose to be here. But, yeah, if you have those names, let us know who those names were that you met with on, on the leadership we council. We met with the, the leadership development. His name was Peyton Owens. Sure. Yeah, he's a really good guy. He's talked about us. It's more than just basketball. It's like you got to know what you want to do in the future because someday it's going to end. So, like, someday the ball's going to stop bouncing. So, like, yeah. And then after that, we met with the strength and conditioning coach, mm-hmm. Steve. His name is Steve. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he's back. He was yeah. here a few years ago, left, went to, yep. I believe, the University of Miami, and now he's back here for a second stint. Yeah, that's what he told us. He was a really good guy. He showed us his progress with his players and how he uh, cut the injury risk down for the team yep. to 3%. It was, yeah, he does some good work. And then we met with the academic counselor. His name is Kyle. He's the one who goes with the team uh, on the way games, make sure they're all good with, with their schoolwork and all that. Sure. So he helps out a lot. All right, so that was through yeah, Friday. Did. Yeah, and then, okay, so you had some yeah. more meetings then on Friday? Yeah, and then we met wow. with Coach Patino after that. All right, so what was what was that conversation like with Coach Patino? He just told us how it would be if I came to Minnesota. He told me, showed me some videos of, like, how they played, playing styles. He showed me just, we just talked about playing styles and how it would be if I came to Minnesota. Did he compare you to any guards? That he's coached? Like, did he bring up Nate Mason's name to you? Did he bring up Dupree McBrayer? He mostly showed me he mostly showed me clips of coffee. Yeah, Amir, sure. Yeah. That's who he, that's who he, I think he was comparing me to. All right, that's interesting. But you're more <laughs> are you more Frankie of a pure point guard? Because Amir Coffee is not a pure point guard. Yeah, I am more of a pure point guard. I like to get everybody involved, so and at the same time 
do what I have to do. But first, I'm looking to win the game and get my team involved. All right, take us through just a little bit more about your playing background. I mean, I read online, Frankie, did you play at a high school in Las Vegas last year? Then this year you're at a high school in the Phoenix area? Yeah, last year and my freshman year, I went to Clark High School. It was it was good there. I just had to I had to get a better opportunity for myself. So I ended up coming to a prep school and I had met my uncle and Pete, Coach Pete were real good friends, so and he was here, so when they put into in contact. It was right away. I liked it here. It was good. Nice. So, I mean, but you'll play I there this year and then next year, and then you'll graduate, I guess it would be, what, the spring or the early summer of, of 2021? Yeah. When yep. do you think, Frankie, that you'll make ultimately make? I mean, are you still like a good year away from making a college commitment? Uh, maybe sometime next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure yet. I'm still, like, trying to take some official visits to, like, figure out, like, how I'm going to cut my list and all that. So Sure. So, Maybe okay. Sometime next year. Yeah, sometime next year. Okay, so so who is on that list currently? Obviously, the Gophers are on that list when you take an official visit here. But who else is on that list? As far as official visits? Well, just everybody. I mean, I guess who's... Who's the list of, of programs that have offered you, I guess, is maybe the best way to put it. We got I got Kansas, Oklahoma, we got UTEP, Eastern Washington, and then we have TCU, UNLV, of course Minnesota. And we got New Mexico and Columbia and Arizona State. Geez, I mean it's it's a solid list and I mean you're still young. It's not like your class of twenty twenty. I mean being class of yeah, 2021, Frankie, I mean, you know, think about next April, May, June, playing another AAU season, right? I mean, your offer list in nine months could be significantly different. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to take my time with the recruitment and see how things play out. Now, did the Gophers, did Patino specifically say, hey, we'd love for you to make a commitment early? Or do they understand that it's still early that you need a lot of time. They understand it's still early, but they also mentioned it. And being there with the with the visit, I really liked the visit. Like it was like a good visit, like great. Everything was great. I liked it all, and like I just just gotta take it slow. They know that though. They they understand because you know they've been going through the recruitment process for a long time now, so they really understand. Do you have something you can compare your time here in Minnesota, Frankie, to? Like, have you spent good time on, you know, whether it's Arizona State's campus or you mentioned Kansas is offered, Kansas's campus, or any other campus? I've been through a lot, to a lot of campuses, but, like, I didn't really, like, it was just like a one-day thing where I just look at the, uh, just like the campus and learn about the academic stuff. So, like, I can't really compare it that well because, like, I had a good three days in Minnesota. So, All right, so who else is on the on the official visit list? I mean, do you have an idea of, of where else you'll take official visits to? Well, me and my dad are still thinking about it. So my dad is still trying to figure it out, and I'm trying to, like, see where we should go. But I think I'm not – yeah, see, I'm not even sure. That was, that was one that just happened on the fly. So it was it was good. Nice. Okay, so take us through just your game a little bit more. Like, what are your what are your main strengths? 
Where do you need to improve? I mean, as you as you think about playing at the next level, you're still a couple years away from playing at the next level, so you have plenty of time to work on things. What are you working on, and what are you really good at? Uh, right now, I'm really good at playmaking, getting everyone involved, playing hard every single game, and being efficient. But what I'm what I've been working on is uh, shooting the ball more consistently, because that's the like main part I'm lacking. But it's it's been it's been a process and it's getting really really better. Like people would be surprised this upcoming high school season. So, and then what about your defense? Oh, my defense! I can be a real good defender. I actually am a real good defender. I take pride in defense, though. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of kids just don't. I mean, you know that, so. I'm sure yeah. you know at this point how much of an emphasis you need to put on your defense because defense can carry you a long way, right? Right. All right, so take us through, Frankie, just, you know, even just the next handful of months. I mean, are you just are you back there in the Phoenix area just working out until the high school until the high school season starts? I mean, what will keep you busy here the next couple months? Well, since I got back to from Minnesota, I went straight off the plane and got straight in the gym so my work ethic is real good we just getting ready for the high school season so for the next month i'm gonna be just working out and staying with the team team bonding and practice but i think next week i'm gonna be in las vegas to visit family before the season kicks off mm-hmm. and then what's the name give me the name of the prep school that you're going to now in the phoenix area arizona compass prep Arizona Chandler. Prep. Okay. It's in Chandler, Arizona. In Chandler, Arizona. And then how about your measurables? How tall are you? How much do you weigh right now? I am 6'2", and I weigh 180. And then are you still, like, are the growth plates still open? Might you get to 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, yeah. Okay, good. So, I mean, you're going to be one of those big point guards. And, I mean, in this day and age of basketball, Frankie, you know this, right? I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of programs, a lot of teams like to be positionless in many ways, right? I mean, I guess if you have a five-man, you have a five-man. But, you know, so many coaches love to have their ones, their twos, their threes, be able to guard multiple positions, even fours too. So, you know, I mean, you can view yourself as a pure point guard, but you may be asked to at times to guard, you know, opposing twos or even opposing threes. Yeah, exactly. So that's where you just you need to get stronger then? I mean, is the goal to get to, you know, before college, you know, get up to maybe like 190, 195? Yeah, I think I want to put on 10, 10, 15 more pounds just so I can be that big guard that's ready. Because, like, I like to work on my body a lot. So, like, I can be a step ahead for when I get to college. So it'll help a lot. Anything else we should know about your visit here, Frankie? Anything that the listeners should know about your official visit here with the Gophers? I had a good time, and that hopefully I can come down soon again. I really liked it. We transitioned from a 2021 basketball player to a 2020 basketball player. He's been on the podcast before, but there's reason to have him back on because Gabe Matson, shooting guard from Rochester Mayo High School, he recently committed just the other day to the University of Cincinnati. Let's catch up with Gabe on why Cincinnati and why not the Gophers and some other schools. Gabe, I appreciate you hopping on once again. I guess let's just start with an easy one. Why the Cincinnati Bearcats? Um, I just, you know, I keep getting asked that question. And I just, the belief that uh, I have in Coach Brandon and his staff, and then I just feel that they have the same kind of belief in me. And that was important for me for sure. But, I mean, they've just been recruiting me super hard over these past four months. And, you know, they just really believe in me. And then, you know, they also believe in my brother. And then I, you know, people keep thinking like, oh, you know, he committed to 
play with his brother, but um, this was just a place that really that we both really loved. And you know, I didn't know I always wanted to go play with my brother, but I mean, uh, this place just gave us the opportunity to go do that. But then to also just fill the both of our needs. So I mean, I just I just keep going back to the fact that I just really believe in Coach Brandon and the Cincinnati staff, and then there's that feeling is reciprocated. So that's that's for that's for sure the reason. <laughs> On Coach Brandon, I mean, he just got the job, right? I mean, it was, what, mid-April yep. because Mick Cronin went to UCLA. He comes yep. from where? Northern Kentucky. So when you say yep. that that he went hard after you, the staff went hard after you the last four months, was it really just about from day one when Brandon got the job? Um, Yeah, so Coach Dwyer was actually the first one to call me. Um, he called me and he just said he really liked how he played, how I played. And um, he just told me that Coach Brandon would have to see me before they could offer me. But, yeah, Coach Dwyer kind of called me from kind of day one on their job, uh, kind of the first live event that they could be out. He saw me play, and he just really loved my game. And he kind of was on me since then. He just recruited me really hard. But then um, Coach Brandon, you know, once he saw me, he offered me. And, uh, yeah, so they've been – yeah, they've been recruiting me pretty hard since then. So that's – that was uh, uh, one of the reasons that I, I chose Cincinnati was just uh, how, how loved I felt there. All right, so you were there over the weekend for your official visit. Did you think, Gabe, that heading into that visit, that if all went well, that you would commit before the weekend was over? I mean, we had conversations because, you know, we really like Cincinnati, but uh, we just said that we're going to just go through the visit, see how we feel. And, I mean, if if we felt like we wanted to commit, uh, we just didn't see the reason why we'd, we'd kind of draw things out and, uh, make the process longer than it need need be. So uh, we chose. I mean, that's why. I, like, it, it's a long process, but you know, that's um, we felt at home in Cincinnati. So there was no really reason to make the process longer. You're right. It is a long process. Is yeah. there a sense of relief? I mean, how much? Yeah. How much are you grateful that the that the recruiting process is now over? Yeah. I mean, I'm super grateful that. I mean, obviously that I'm grateful that I was able to. Uh, be an opportunity to like go through it because like there's a lot of people who who would wish to be in the uh, footsteps that are in the same position that I was in you know and you just kind of got to keep that mindset throughout it because I mean it gets it is pretty long at some points but you just got to remind yourself that uh, not everyone gets that be in that situation and not everybody gets the same opportunity so I mean we kept that try to keep that mindset throughout it but uh, I mean yeah, it definitely gets long at some points and I'm very relieved that it's over, but I mean, I, you know, I just am so happy that I found somewhere that I feel right at home in Cincinnati. All right, a little bit more on committing with your twin brother, Mason. I mean, yeah. so were you open-minded to going to a school? Like, I mean, the obvious one would be, right, the University of Minnesota, because they offered yeah. you, they didn't offer your brother. I mean, what was yeah. what was that like? How important was it to commit to play somewhere with your brother? Um, I mean, there was a point in the summer where I was pretty sure we weren't going to go to school together just because of the fact that there wasn't a school where we necessarily felt like uh, we wanted to go and that together that fit both of us. Um, but, I mean, I I felt like um, throughout the summer that we uh, – or like in a long time ago, we always used to talk like we wanted to play together and whatnot. But that kind of drifted away a little bit this summer. But on our visit in Cincinnati, it made me realize that that's that's what we wanted to do, and um, I'm I'm very grateful that we get that opportunity because it's a very special one, and 
I mean, if you look at a lot of twins throughout through our college history, it's uh, they they do a lot of winning. So you look at uh, the Morris twins, the Martin twins from uh, Nevada, Lopez twins from Stanford. I mean, there's just not very, there's not a whole lot of twins, but when they put them together, I mean, uh, they usually win a lot. So that's that was definitely a uh, a bonus to be able to go with him for sure. Oh, absolutely. The Collins twins yeah. as well, right from Stanford. So yeah, I mean, there's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's enough. So okay, was it you or was it your brother who first turned to the other one and said, "Okay, we need to commit. We need to commit right now." It is the University of Cincinnati. Um, I mean, uh, we kind of so the way that our visit went, um, we kind of didn't focus a whole lot on basketball until the last day, and then like. Uh, Coach Brandon took uh, uh, took each one of us by ourselves. So um, I went first and uh, sat me down with my mom and my dad and me, and kind of went through like film, a little film session of like how we'd use me uh, at Cincinnati. And uh, he kind of like showed who he compared me with in the NBA and stuff. And then he did the same thing with Mason. So I mean, uh, that was kind of like when I started to feel like I wanted to commit. But uh, Mason, after Mason came out. Um, me and my dad and my Mason were sitting, and Mason were sitting there, and uh, we just kind of—it was kind of a mutual feeling, I think. Just like, I mean, uh, we both felt like this is like the place to be. I mean, there's really no place that I'd—I'd I'd rather be in. It just kind of checked all my boxes, so I didn't, you know, I just felt like I was found the place, and I didn't know why I'd go on through the recruiting process longer. So, I mean, it was kind of a mutual feeling for sure. Take us through a little bit more of what those boxes entail. When you say check all the boxes, I mean, we're talking yeah. academics. We're talking playing at a very high level. I mean, you think about Cincinnati's yep. history, even with a new coach. But, I mean, going yep. back so many years, producing so many NBA players. Yeah. You know, I go back to the Nick Van Exel days, the Kenyon Martin yep. days. I mean, you go up and down the list. I mean, Cincinnati basketball has a really solid history. But just take us through all those boxes that you needed checked. Yeah, I mean, obviously the first one I've I've been saying through adult things is just relationship with the coaches, and just my relationship that I was able to form with Coach Brandon in those four months was it just felt so natural, and then also with Coach Dreyer. But then as soon as we got onto campus, I just automatically uh, formed relationships with the whole staff, which was like made me feel right at home, which was so important for me. But then also just the players, like the guys you're going to play with, we were able to hang out with them a lot which was important to me as well. So being able to form relationships with those guys. And then, you know, I know Mike Saunders a little bit. I got to talk to him at um, at the football game, and I just know that he's a really hard worker, which was important for me to see because, you know, I want to surround myself with guys that, that push you and, and work hard. But then also, you know, I, I'd always kind of wanted to uh, be in a bigger city just because I, I kind of like that. I like being in a bigger city, a bigger campus. Um, and then being able to play at a high level every night, uh, and then being able to play in a a, um, a playing style that fits you, uh, those are kind of like all the really main the main boxes. But then you know, just like the development that they can they can develop me into a a player that hopefully can play at the next level, um, and just them showing me that throughout the throughout the um, visit, just like changing my body into a. Uh, a player who can, you know, play at the next level and, and change and forming my game into one as well. So those were just kind of like all the main boxes that really that check checked it off for me. So um, and then you know just that I didn't find that really at all. There was just a couple reservations at the other schools that I visited. Just 
uh, that didn't check all those boxes and then uh, finally found in Cincinnati. So, All right, who were, who were the NBA players or who were the players that, that Coach Brandon compared you to? So he just he just did one he uh, one for each of us he did uh, uh, JJ Redick for me uh, obviously just uh, the shooting part of it but uh, I think I think I uh, can handle the ball and, and share it a little bit too and you know JJ Redick obviously could do that while he was at Duke so uh, I think that was a, that was a good comparison but I'm also a little I'm a little bit bigger than JJ Redick so I mean uh, that was just good to see that uh, he saw like he can because he wants to uh, play me off a lot of screens and get creative with how I can score. So J.J. Reddick obviously does that really well in the NBA, just coming off screens and reading and, uh, you know, being creative. So that was a good comparison for me to see for sure. There certainly were schools that wanted you in addition to Cincinnati. You talked about some reservations. I mean, was it hard? Did you reach out to some of those schools, to some of those coaches, to tell them no before you committed to Cincinnati? Yeah, Yeah, I tried to call um, most of the the people recruiting me. Uh, but I didn't get like it was hard because like I wanted to tell coach right away because our visit was coming to an end and I didn't want to sure. you know wait so like some of the guys didn't didn't call me back so I wasn't able to tell them before I committed but yeah I for sure wanted to tell them before I was committing just because I feel like that's the right thing to do and then uh, you know uh, some of the coaches didn't get back to me after I committed and they saw it so that, um, uh, I felt kind of bad but you know that's just how it happened I guess. Yeah, I mean, nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Before you left Cincinnati, yeah. you wanted to make the commitment. So, I mean, yeah. if a coach doesn't answer yeah. his phone, that's out of your yeah. power. I guess on yeah. on the University of Minnesota, because you were set to take an official visit to the Gophers yeah. campus the weekend of, what, September 13th. I guess what yeah, were some of the correct. reservations with, with the Gophers? Um, I mean, it was a, it was a, a very viable option just the. I felt I felt more uh, the relationship piece with me and Coach Brandon was just I just I felt like I clicked with him right away. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't feel that way with Coach Bettino, but I just I felt you know just a little bit more with Coach Brandon. But um, you know just and then just the added fact that I could play with my brother at that part uh, in Cincinnati at a high level was just probably what kind of set set it apart for, for some of these schools. But I mean I just I mean if it was just me. And not my brother in this situation. I feel that I'd be at Cincinnati right now too. If you take Mason out the equation, so. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so yeah. So really, really not all that much frustration that Minnesota didn't offer your brother. No, yeah, no. I feel like if if you take Mason totally out the equation, I think I'd be committed to Cincinnati right now. Uh, just I feel like uh, just it it was everything and more that I, I was looking for in a school and I'm just, you know, super excited to be a Bearcat. But yeah, if you just take Mason out, out of the equation, I think uh, for sure I'd be committed to Cincinnati right now. Take us through just what the next handful of months yeah. Gabe will look like before we let you go. I mean, is the idea to head to Cincinnati like early June, like right after graduation, but from now until June, is it just a lot of time in the gym getting ready for, for yeah. your senior season at Rochester Mayo? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got to see how they work out and stuff, and uh, so I'm gonna definitely take that into how I how I start working out. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see that because it just made me realize what I have to do to get ready to play, and uh, I want I want for sure come in and put myself in a situation to be able to play uh, right away for Cincinnati. So uh, it just makes me want to work even harder, you know, uh, get, and make, get myself prepared for uh, for June first. I think is when we start. So I'm I'm counting down the days. I'm ready. Ready to be a Cincinnati Bearcat. But first, you need to win a section championship, right? you got to get That's to the right. state tournament. That's right. That's right. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, 
we you know looking forward to this final season with my uh, teammates. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, fun last season. Uh, you know, we're I think we're all we're all ready to go and definitely just be more focused every day just because it's the last one in high school. So yeah, super excited to be able to do that. Gabe, congratulations. We wish you nothing but yeah, the best you. and appreciate you doing yeah. this. Yeah, I appreciate that. Episode 252 of the Scoop Podcast continuing on this Monday night. It is Labor Day. I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend. Let me remind you that Hope Fieldhouse keeps the Scoop Podcast going. They need our help. Hope Fieldhouse will be an outlet for athletes with disabilities. Think about the Dakota Hawks, the great adapted hockey team. They've won multiple state championships. Would you believe that the Dakota Hawks don't have an official place to call their home? They will utilize Hope Fieldhouse. Hope Fieldhouse will be available for all athletes that have access here in the Twin Cities that need access. They will have it at Hope Fieldhouse. Dan Corley and his guys do phenomenal work. It is a tax-deductible donation. If you can donate $1, $5, $10, $50, whatever it might be, we need your help. Hope Fieldhouse needs to become a reality. They're just about across the finish line, but they need a little bit more financial help. It is all about helping athletes with disabilities. They should have every opportunity every other athlete has. And Hope Fieldhouse will be a wonderful, wonderful outlet for athletes with disabilities. If you can help in any form or fashion, go to their website, hopefieldhouse.org. Hopefieldhouse.org, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, C.J. Hammer of the Vikings, Tom Compton of the New York Jets are among professional athletes who are in love with this cause, who have helped this cause. In fact, if you donate $50 or more, you'll be entered into a drawing to spend some good quality time with C.J. Ham of the Vikings. But I'm telling you, if you can only donate $1, we will take it. It is tax deductible. Let me stress that. Tax deductible. Check out the website, hopefieldhouse.org. It's all about helping athletes with disabilities. Shameless plug, I'm on Twitter, DWolfs on KSTP. So many scoops come in in real time, like I had the information earlier on Monday that Trevor Hildenberger is among a couple more additions coming to the Twins. He'll join the Twins Tuesday in Boston, but I figured, hey, somebody else might have that out there. I wasn't in a position. I was actually over at Allianz Field doing some work with the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, so I wasn't in a position to record, to be in front of the microphone, to get it out on a podcast, plus Declan or somebody else with Score North ends up ultimately posting these podcasts. I actually don't have the password, the knowledge on how to actually post these podcasts to iTunes, to scorenorth.com, to podcast1.com, to all the outlets that you can find this podcast. So anyway, it's such a process that oftentimes when I have a scoop, I'll just put it out there on social media. So that was one of them, Trevor Hildenberger, joining the Twins Tuesday in Boston for that three-game series against the Red Sox, and he'll be with the Twins the duration of the month of September. Let's catch up now with Trevor Hildenberger. Trevor, thanks for hopping on the podcast once again. We have fantastic news. You'll be joining the Twins tomorrow, Tuesday, at Fenway Park in Boston for that series starting against the Red Sox, and you'll be with the Twins for the duration of the month. I mean, I guess let's just start with overall just your excitement level. It's been it's been one heck of a journey to get back to this point. Yeah, uh, I'm really, really excited to join the team again. I think uh, it's been a long summer for me especially being injured and uh, spending some time in Florida. Feel good. Body feels good. So I'm, I'm really happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, what was that like? I mean, you begin the season. I mean, heck, March 28th seems like forever ago, but that was opening day. You're with the Twins, end of March, April, beginning part of May. You then get sent down. 
You then get the injury. Remind me, was the injury a muscle strain in your forearm? Was that the injury? Yeah, it was a muscle strain in my forearm, yeah. Yeah, and then, okay, so you're down at AAA Rochester. Then you end up down in Fort Myers to rehab. So, like, you're in Fort Myers, what, like June, July, the first week of August or so? I mean, that had to seem like just forever when you were down in Fort Myers. Yeah, it was a long time. Uh, I think it just goes to show, you know, how long a baseball season is. 162 games in six months is a long, long time. And so when people say, you know, there's a lot of baseball left, that's true, no matter when you say it. So, um, yeah, July and August and part of June, I guess, kind of dragged on for me. But um, the people down in Fort Myers, the trainer Adam Diamond, and um, really helped me get strong and healthy and back on the mound again. So I'm really thankful for them, and um, so I feel much better. And, I mean, I even saw you pitched today. You were flawless again. I mean, great numbers at AAA Rochester. So you put yourself in a position to earn this opportunity at the major league level yet again. But, I mean, how much How much did that injury, that, that forearm injury, how much did that hold you back? Uh, I think it just stopped me from pitching for a couple months. Um, once I got back and back on the mound, um, I feel 100%. I feel strong. I feel healthy. Um, Mike McCarthy and Stu Clyburn here in AAA helped me get my mechanics back, and I feel much more confident on the mound about repeating my mechanics. So uh, I'm in a much better position pitching-wise than I was in May when I was struggling. So uh, I'm excited. Trevor, is your velocity back to where you want it to be? Not quite. I'm still building up. Um, It's not quite where it was in in April, but um, I have no doubts in my mind that I can get it back at some point. And because of the forearm injury, was that even bothering you, you know, when you had some of your hiccups up here, you know, early May, you know, that first week of May, that second week of May, were you even pitching injured then? I mean, was that the beginning of the injury? No, I think in, in while I was still in Minnesota, I think uh, I felt fine um, body-wise, health-wise. Mechanically, I was definitely off, and then when I was in Rochester in, in May and then the beginning part of June. I was I think I overextended myself a little bit. Uh, you know, I was trying to really work some things out and work through some things. So I was throwing bullpens more often. I was playing catch longer. I was doing extra drills and all that. And uh, I think that just put too much stress on my arm on top of pitching a normal amount. Uh, and then it was too much for my body. And so I got that little strain and then uh, a slow healing process, but I'm back now and feel much better. Outside of working on your mechanics, I mean, anything you were tweaking or adding the last few weeks at Rochester, or were the last few weeks just more about, hey, I just need to get back to where I was to be able to join the Twins again? It was more about getting back to where I was to being able to join the Twins again, I think. Uh, so My I mean, arm slot yeah. and my hips and my uh, mechanics and the sequencing of, of things that fire – are, are much better. I mean, just based on your delivery, Trevor, I mean, when it comes to the mechanics, I mean, you know, I mean, heck, every pitcher's mechanics are important, but is there even more of an emphasis because of the way you pitch your style on mechanics? No, I don't think there's a more of an emphasis. I think it's just like everybody else. Um, I think what I've learned this year about my own body is, is what made me successful in the first place. You know, I think it's, 
easy to identify when you're going bad what you're doing wrong, but when you're going right, you have to identify what you do well so that when you do stray from that path, you can identify, all right, this is what I need to get back to. These are my foundations. These are my core beliefs and core uh, mental cues that I can can start from and, and kind of reset myself whenever you uh, have some struggles. So that's what I really learned this year, and hopefully uh, for the rest of my career I can – I've written down, I have video, I have evidence, so I can always revert back to those if I ever have uh, another period of time like this. All right, so what is – I guess what is written down? I mean, I guess when you look back at, at your success here in 2017 – at least, what, the first half of 2018. I guess what is written down, what works so well when you're on your game at the major league level? Uh, mechanically, it was about staying back a little bit more on my back leg. Um, I was getting, I was leaning too far forward to uh, kind of force the movement of my body to be a sidearm pitcher rather than staying back and using my heel to drive through the rubber I was getting onto my toes, being really quad dominant. And so I was falling forward towards third base. Uh, my release point was farther out there towards third base. I was identified by Strackman. Um, and so when I stay back on my back leg, it allows my arms to separate and catch up at the right time. It uh, allows my hips to get in a good firing position, my hip and shoulder separation to be well. Um, it just allows the chain of movements to be much better rather than kind of falling forward and forcing that sidearm submarine uh, arm slot rather than letting it happen and staying tall and strong and, and keeping my trunk in a good position. So take us through then the dynamics of, of having a muscle strain in your forearm and how that chain of movements was impacted. I think I was just using a lot of my arm to throw. When your mechanics are inefficient, in order to get the ball where you want or the velocity you want, you got to use the muscles in your arm more. It would be like taking a step forward to throw versus not taking a step at all. Hmm. When you don't take a step at all, you don't use your legs, you don't use your core. It's just all arm. And I feel like that's what I was doing for a couple of weeks back in May and June. And now I feel much more efficient. I'm using my entire body to, to throw the ball to home plate and uh, less stress on my arm. Who broke you the news? Was it after was it after today's game, the Labor Day game, there for Triple A Rochester that somebody told you you were you were heading back to the big leagues? Yeah, I got a I pitched an inning and a third, like you said, and came out of the game and Skin Skinner and uh, Stu Clyburn shook my hand and told me that I was going back to the big leagues. So I was right there in the dugout after I came out of the game. I mean, were you a little bit on edge, wondering? I mean, some guys, you know, Latell, some other guys, Cole Stewart came up the other day. I mean. Was that an interesting 24 to 48 hours, wondering if, if you would get the call as well? Yeah, it was an interesting time. I knew that there was always a chance that I could go back up, and there was a chance that I wouldn't. Uh, it had been a long time, and you know, I only had a short period of time that I was healthy that I could um, kind of make my case and show what I could do, and a lot of guys have been pitching all year. So, um, you know, everyone that's gone up has been super deserving of it. There was a little bit of anxiety from September 1st till now, but I mean, August 31st till now, but um, I know it'd been a long time since I had pitched well, and uh, I only had a short period of time to make my case in AAA since I was healthy, um, and a lot of guys had pitched all year, 
and everyone that's gone up has been super deserving and I'm just really excited to be back with the team and hopefully contribute something down the stretch and and be there for the finish to what we started. And I mean how competitive will it be up here Trevor? I mean you know when thinking about I know you know you guys one game at a time nothing's been clinched but as we're chatting here it's a six game lead in the American League Central like it would have to be an enormous collapse for you guys not to make the playoffs to not win the division so when thinking about like your playoff roster for that divisional series there's only so many spots so I mean I guess how competitive will it be to compete to hopefully be on the playoff roster yeah it'll be super competitive um but I think everybody is is rooting for everybody to do well you know one person succeeds we all succeed so it's not like we're rooting for other people to do what to to do poorly so that we could do well everyone's just wants to win wants to win every single game on our schedule um, and yeah, it's going to be a, a crowded clubhouse for sure. I don't know if the fans know, you know, how small the Fenway visiting clubhouse is. <laughs> it's going to be crowded this week, uh, and that point. bullpen will be crowded too. So, yeah, I mean, there's. I'm just happy to be back with the team. On it. Um, I'm not expecting to pitch any certain amount of innings. If I pitch zero innings, uh, I really am happy to be back with the team. So it doesn't um, affect me much. I'll leave you with this. If I had told you in Fort Myers on, I don't know, pick the date, March 25th, if I had told you Trevor Hildenberger on March 25th that your team, the Minnesota Twins, would set a major league record for home runs in a single season and not only set the record, but set it with a month to go, set the record (laughs) at 268 home runs on August 31st. I mean, you saw, I mean, you were around all the guys throughout spring training, the Cruises and the Crones and go up and down the list, Kepler. But if I had told you on March 25th that your team would set a major league record on August 31st with a month to go, what the heck would you yeah. have told me? Uh, sounds good. I would have been really <laughs> excited. That would have been a bold prediction for sure. But um, it's been fun to watch the guys go off this summer and tear through the league and have the success that they've had and open up, like you said, a six-game lead. Um, entering September 3rd and, and set the record on August 31st. Um, the smile on my face when Garver hit that home run on August 31st, man, I'm just really happy for him. He's had a breakout year, and our whole team has, has been awesome. It's just been such a, a amazing experience to be a part of. I mean, heck, in many ways fitting, right, that Mitch hit the record-breaking home run, right? I mean, you're right, breakout year, like never in a million years. What is he up to, Trevor, 26 home runs? I don't think anybody on this yeah. planet thought that Mitch Garver would have 26 home runs on September 1st. He's going to hit 30 in like 80 games. It's ridiculous, yes. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. All right, Trevor, we look forward to seeing you back here in Minneapolis on Friday when you guys open up a series against the second-place Indians and safe travels to Boston to play the Red Sox the next couple days. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Trevor Hildenberger on his way to rejoin the Twins, as is Ryan Harper and Fernando Romero, just those three. Trevor's right. That is going to be a very, very crowded visiting clubhouse, somebody who's been in that visiting clubhouse at Fenway. Best of luck to the Twins the next few days. Then out there in that bullpen at Fenway, that will be a very, very tight fit. Jorge Acala, I think at some point helps the Twins, but I think it's next year. He is not getting the call-up. So it's Hildenberger, Harper, 
and Romero on a flight Tuesday morning to Boston to join the Twins for that series opener Tuesday night at Fenway Park. On the Vikings, it's been a fluid, fluid handful of days. Josh Doxson, there really wasn't any movement. I mean, heck, the Vikings didn't touch base with his agent until like, I don't know, it was like Sunday night into early Monday, right in that time frame. You know, they didn't claim him. I mean, they could have claimed him off waivers. They decided not to claim him, but they've always had a fascination with Josh going back to the pre-draft process in 2016. So Josh Doxson is in. I don't know yet who is out. Clearly somebody has to be out. I do know they told a different agent, an agent representing a different wide receiver, that the plan was to move on from a defensive back when Mike Hughes was fully ready to go, but we know that Mike Hughes isn't ready to go for the Falcons game. He may not be back until like week four, maybe the Bears game. So at some point, a defensive back will go, but maybe it's not right now. So I don't know as I'm recording this at 640 on Labor Day night. I don't know who is out, but Josh Doxson is in. It is a one-year deal for the former TCU wide receiver. He had some really good moments in college against the Gophers, and he was a first-round pick in 2016. Went one pick ahead of Laquan Treadwell, who today is in Buffalo visiting the Bills. No guarantees that the Bills sign him, but visiting the Buffalo Bills, the NFL transaction wire, or at least the, the visits, all those have to be reported. So I saw an email, I got an email, an alert that a bunch of visits were made today, and I saw Laquan Treadwell was among visitors. Buffalo had a bunch of guys in, so Laquan Treadwell, he'll land somewhere eventually, I presume, but it'll be interesting to see where. Where does Laquan Treadwell end up? And the Matt Wild news isn't shocking. What was shocking to me was on Corey Vedvik, I really thought they would keep him because they gave up the fifth round pick. I thought they would keep him, have him punt, have him kick off, have him maybe not hold. I mean, they think Chad Beebe can hold, but now that they have Colquitt, he'll be the holder. So no Chad Beebe holding. But I thought after giving up a fifth round pick, I thought they would keep Vedvik, work on his kicking, maybe have him be the kicker next year in 2020. Dan Bailey only on a one-year deal. But that did surprise me. Vedvik out, claimed they were hoping, they were praying that he would clear waivers. I mean, they really wanted him and Zilstra to clear waivers, but Zilstra ends up in Carolina, and Vedvik ends up with the Jets, who tried to trade for him. They didn't have to give up a draft pick. They end up getting him for nothing. So I know the Vikings were bummed that those two guys did not clear waivers and did not make it on to their practice squad. But yeah, the Vikings are ready to roll. Vikings and Falcons Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm trying to think of anything else. A bunch of wild players are working out this week at Braemar Arena in Edina. Training camp starts next week. The Wolves are still exploring, maybe bringing in a point guard. Nothing has been set in stone, but that is something they are kicking the tires on. Carter Coughlin dealing with a groin injury. He was in and out of the lineup in that opener against South Dakota State. I think he'll be okay. I need to get an update. I should have chased an update here on Labor Day. I did not, but my sense was that he would be okay for the Fresno game, but he may not be 100%. The Gophers need to find a better way of generating a pass rush, and their offensive line needs to do a way better job of blocking, but the Gophers are listed as a favorite. That actually surprised me. I thought that might be a pick'em game, or maybe Fresno would be favored by a point. Fresno looked okay, although I'm not a big fan of their new quarterback, but the game being in Fresno, I thought Fresno might be like a one- or two-point favorite late Saturday night, but the Gophers are favored. At least they were the opening favorite. I think that line will go down, but I saw the opening line was Gophers. Minus three and a half points. All right, I'm going to get home so I can get home for dinner, get the kids into bed, first day of school. My younger one starts kindergarten tomorrow. It'll be a very emotional morning for mom and me. Although, heck, he's going to the same school that he just got done a year of preschool at, but it'll still be emotional, right? Our younger one's starting kindergarten. So I am hitting the road. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Scoop Podcast. It was episode 252.
Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast. And while the NBA season is still pretty new, there are some interesting storylines going on. And for me, one of them is, let's call it a shift in expectations, because there are a couple teams that we expected to be not necessarily pushing the accelerator in the early going in the season, maybe seeing Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, this purportedly strong 2023 draft class, and going, hey, we could be a part of that. And that would be the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. Both teams are over 500 with some nice wins. And this isn't fluke. They're playing well so far, and so we will see how they build on this, how they react to it. Do they keep pushing, see if see how it can keep going, or do they change directions through trades and everything else? So that'll be something to watch in this year where the draft class is, is strong and these teams have incentives going in both directions. Hi, this is Daniel LaRue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, matchups, news, in-depth analysis, and live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Can check in on your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs, start of the hockey season, MMA, boxing, and golf, plus sports podcasts. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts.